How are you doing? Welcome to my mind once again. I appreciate the couple uh, listeners, which is kind of blowing my mind. Anchor must be doing a good job putting this stuff on all kinds of platforms for free. And I'm still getting viewers without advertising or, or listeners without advertising or anything. It's a lot different than... It's a lot newer, I guess, than YouTube. I mean, if you publish... It's like YouTube was um, like 10 years ago where you could publish one video on YouTube and it would get views, no problem. But if you publish a video now on YouTube, you got to do a lot of work to get it out there. So it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm kind of digging Anchor. Anyway, so I have now entered day six of one meal a day fasting. And I really want to dig into evolution and issues with first world, first world problems that are still problems that we deal with. Cancer, obesity, heart disease, the healthcare system is just, it's just crazy. But more specifically, what can we do about it? And that is my quest here. Uh, I didn't know it was this, it all started for me January 1st, making that resolution. I want to work out the common basic bitch resolution that I'm going to work out every day in January. And that led me to more things like longevity, which, um, it led me to diet because I realized that The starting point is working out for sure. Start working out. The next point after that is realizing how important calories are, which I never, I never wanted to deal with calories, but I wanted to see, you know, my progress and I wasn't going to be able to see it unless I restricted calories. So right there, it became caloric restriction and working out. And these are two of the five aspects of longevity and ideal health that we need to be striving towards. And then the next one was, well, I saw the Joe Rogan podcast with the longevity researcher. Um, I can't remember his name right now. Oh, I can't remember. It's going to drive me crazy. But anyway, uh, it was this cutting edge scientist, Harvard. I think he's a Harvard scientist, cutting edge longevity research guy. And he kept talking about fasting. And I was like, well, that makes sense. So I started looking into fasting. I'm like, yeah. And then I saw Blake underscore 210, I think, on Instagram. He's he's doing intermittent fasting. I was like, well, okay, I know I need to fast, but how am I going to do this? So I started looking up fasting and then I saw Blake 210 and he eats huge meals, like 4,000 calorie meals. And it's, and he's got, he's really super fit and he's only eating one meal a day. And I was like, okay, that I like the one meal a day concept because for me, I think a really big problem with diet and the problem with it is our food is so good (laughs) it is so good and I don't want to give that up at all I love the taste of food I love it and 
it's plentiful as well. It's everywhere. You can go any time of the day, day or night, 24-7, 365, and get whatever food, for the most part, you want. Because we have supermarkets. So, I have always been trying to, you know, the, the diet was the hard part for me. I've always been trying to get my diet right. And I never could, because it's so good that it's everywhere. So, if I, and I'm really... Uh, sucker for sugary stuff so these are all problems I've been having with the diet and never being able to stick to it Uh, I could do it for you know extended period of times but there would always be that one day having a bad day I want to go get a sugary thing and that's the problem so what I discovered is this one day one meal a day it seems like it's unsustainable and I might you know go a little bit more lenient on it and do like a you know an eight hour feeding window rather than just a one meal but I love the one meal a day concept because it it is a mental compartmentalization of this is the only thing I'm going to eat today and I don't have to deal with oh well maybe I should get this maybe I should get this I'm having a bad day no it's one meal a day I know what I'm eating for that one meal and that's it and that's beautiful for me And I think a lot of people that try, you know, diets, I've tried a bunch of diets and I think diets exist because people have a really hard time dealing with the fact that the food is so good and it's readily available everywhere. So if they are the type of person that has trouble dealing with that, they'll try to counteract it with an extreme diet. Um, You could say this is an extreme diet, but it's really not. I'm getting all my calories that I need for the day in one meal. And it's not that extreme. It's just waiting once a day and you're fasting for 23 hours of the day. And um, yeah, so I think that's just a human problem. But I think we are designed to fast. And that's that's kind of the whole point of why I'm doing this. I, you know, a lot of people, a lot of weightlifters and uh, bodybuilders use intermittent fasting but that is an eight hour window of eating and I only do once a day. And the reason for that is I want to try to fast as long as possible daily. I wanna be able to eat every day, but I wanna get my body in fast mode for as long as possible every day because there are benefits to fasting that go beyond um, bodybuilding, and what most people go to intermittent fasting for, the promotion of HGH, or whatever you want to call it, whatever benefits a bodybuilder might look at intermittent fasting for. What I'm doing is for longevity, because the one thing, I'm a human, you're a human, we're going to have to deal with, unless we have really good genetics, we're going to have to deal with getting fat. There's no way around it. You have to figure it out, or you're going to have health consequences. So... I am more concerned about long life, longevity, being healthy, more so than, you know, bodybuilding, but I want a good physique as well. I want to be able to see my work and that'll, you know, keep keep my mentality going with, okay, this is working and everything. So I don't know where I was going with that. It's getting kind of late, but uh, yeah, so if we can go back to the survive, the longevity things that we need to be doing the five things first one is exercising weight resistance whatever you want to do um reasonably 
caloric restriction. So also with this fasting and working out, I'm also doing caloric restriction. I'm staying under 1500 calories, usually under it or right at it, maybe a little bit above it every day. And for me and for you, you need to figure out as I have what your, um, maintaining caloric intake is for me it's about 1800 calories or i think it might be 1800 if i want to lose a pound a week and i've lost two pounds already and i probably put on muscle mass because i'm going 1500 and below and that's just caloric restriction and i'll probably go back up but i want to get to a physique first and then maintain there and i'm learning along the way how to read foods because i never wanted to do calorie counting or anything like that but here I am that's what it comes down to there's a guy that went a year over a year without eating food because he was morbidly obese and he just he wanted to fast he lost it all and I'm not sure if he worked out or not but I'm telling you working out does not make you get skinnier it's just calories in and calories out the only way working out is going to make you lose weight and get skinnier is if you're putting in 4,000 calories, it's, you're burning 3,000 calories a day, which is crazy. I looked up what, how many calories like 10 burpees burn. It was like 30 calories or something stupid. It might've been a little bit higher than that, but it takes so much work in the gym. It really comes down to caloric restriction. So the main thing really is fasting, in caloric restriction but mainly caloric restriction because it gets rid of fat and that's the main thing that comes down what is healthy and what isn't and you gotta worry about nutrition and all that but all that aside caloric restriction is the one thing that will get rid of the fat and you lose it it's plain and simple the thing that I've realized it's very anorexic like and I know people have dealt with this and this is a mental illness and I take that very seriously I think we all struggle with some form of mental illness. I don't take it lightly, but uh, they got it figured out. They they realize, you know, what it takes to lose weight. They know it's just calories, and they eat less, and they lose weight. You can sit there and do nothing and lose weight. You don't have to be like the biggest loser where you got to put in 3,000 calorie workouts every day to lose weight. That's the mentality that's so wrong with, you know, the general idea of exercise and fitness and health is that you got to exercise like a fiend you don't really have to I mean it's up to you and what your goals are but caloric restriction is probably number one but anyway that's my opinion but it's in there with you know longevity and what you want to do to be healthy so first three once again are caloric restriction weightlifting resistance exercise staying active and fasting and I'm doing all three of these right now so those are the three big ones for um, regenerating your cells which is what leads to people looking older or younger you look at somebody and they always look they look one of three ways they look their age they look younger they look older than their age and that is because of their genes now do they have good genes some people do that's the beautiful people of society celebrities that's also the um, top tier athletes. Those are the superior genetic people. But for average people, for general population, and the good, the people with the good genetics are better like 1% of the population. I don't know the statistic, but I'm just throwing it out there. But for average people like you and me, we're just average people. 
we need, we also have the ability as average people, we have genes and genes can either recycle themselves or they can stay stagnant. The cells can stay stagnant or recycle themselves. And I was reading the book and the author was saying, you know, he's a quote unquote mystic. I don't, I don't want to say who it was. I don't really agree with him, but I read the damn thing anyway. But he said a really interesting thing where he said, you know, people get diseases because they just sit around all day and don't do anything. They don't move. So the, the energy He's talking about energy, all this, but it makes sense. The energy stays stagnant within you. And that's kind of what happens with your cells is they, they get stagnant and they can't recycle themselves. And when they can't recycle themselves, the waste cells just start gathering in clumps. And you probably have cancer cells in you right now, but sometimes cancer cells take up to like 30 to 50 years to really gather and cluster together enough to be chemotherapy worthy. So it's just a cell game. It's a DNA game. It's a a regenerative regeneration kind of thing. And that's what this longevity longevity stuff does. It, It regenerates your cells. And that's the way to do it is through fasting and what I, what I've already said before. And, you know, fasting is a stressor and it's not something that's exactly fun, but it's something that your body has already adapted to from, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. It's what, I mean, the people like the caveman diet and the paleo diet, and that just, it, it's telling you that your body is not adapted for this first world that you're living in. It's adapted for before third world, it's adapted to caveman days. It's so far back, but our minds have evolved so much more the world around us than our bodies. Our minds have not evolved our bodies. Our bodies are gonna do what they do. And what they do is evolve slowly over time. Our mind wants to do stuff and evolve stuff as fast as possible to make life as easy and better that as possible. So our bodies are stuck in, you know, dealing with caveman times where we would get a kill and we would eat as much of that kill as possible. There's no preservatives. There wasn't salt to preserve it. There wasn't a refrigerator to preserve it. You had to eat that meat right away. And if that was, and if that was your only meal, it might be your only meal for a couple weeks before you got another kill and you just have to eat berries or whatever. So your body's a fat storing machine. That's what's happening. Picture yourself out in nature. That's what's happening with your body. It's constantly trying to store as much fat as possible so it can survive. And your body's still in that survival mindset. But for some reason, fasting is super regenerative to your cells. And it's good for your mind and your brain. This is all the research I've done. But it just, it's what your body's used to. It's a stressor that your body needs because it's so used to fasting. It's not used to having this insulin response 24 seven being sugared up like you're coked out on a drug, but it's just food. I think your body's extremely sensitive to food and it's not used to all this. So We have to go back to the caveman days and realize, well, what is our body really designed for? It's designed to hold fat. It's a fat storing machine. And it wants, it it has 
in my opinion, your body has an appetite that is way greater. You can eat so many more calories than what is needed to live. Like my caloric intake to maintain is probably 2000 calories and I could probably eat three or 4,000 calories in a day. If I really wanted to stuff myself, I probably could, but I have the awareness not to eat that much, but I could still do it if I wanted to, because that's not bad for your body in a survival, in a survival context, because it wants to store as much fat as possible. And like with that guy who survived a year without food, it makes sense. Your body wants to be able to survive as much as possible. So put on as much fat as you can and it's a survival thing, it's a primal thing where you want to have an appetite. Your appetite is designed to be more than your caloric intake, and that's why we get fat, I think. And I think another one is this food's always around and it's always tasting better, and it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. But we have all these benefits with this you know, first world that we live in, but we also have first world problems, which is cancer and the healthcare industry as a whole, pharmaceutical companies, all this stuff is just profiting off of you being unhealthy and not knowing how the body truly works. And it's taken us this long. We've had bodies this whole time. It's taken us hundreds of thousands of years to get to this cutting edge research of, well, you know what? Maybe fasting is good. You know, we got all this medicine and all this stuff, but we need to be doing preventative stuff. And this, these are the preventative measures that we can do so that we're not a burden to the future generations to our grandchildren to our um, children all that we have a responsibility to figure this out and the thing that's crazy is we don't know yet we don't know for certain there's it's not like the government is saying here's what you do to be healthy we have scientific studies backing this this is what you do you'll stay out of the hospital all this is present preventative measures no it's not like that it's a band-aid mentality and the food pyramid is crazy. Eat three meals a day is crazy. It's just shoving food in there as much as possible. It's not good for the economy to not eat all the time. But that doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> you should eat all the time because you want to keep the economy going. You know, the economy, it, it makes no sense because you're going to get all the food companies your money. And then what's going to happen is the burden on society is going to come from the people that are giving all these food companies money. And then they got to spend even more money in the hospital. I mean, just with the health insurance in general, it's like in the last five to 10 years, I've seen it to where people don't want to go to the hospital anymore. They're trying to not go there as much as humanly possible. Back in the day, if you had a problem or anything, you just go right to the hospital because it's all paid for. Not anymore because it's becoming such a burden. Your health is such a responsibility, but it's such a mystery. That's where we are right now in society. We, we got this far. But we still don't understand the body and it's just crazy how far we've had to come to come back to this point of you know these preventative measures which I think it all comes down to longevity research and hacking our genes and you know taking a pill that sim that stimulates and simulates exercise if that's possible maybe not take a pill that repairs genes that recycles um, cells and all this stuff it repairs the genome, repairs the genetic material, makes it even better. There's got to be, it's that's where it's at. That's the ultimate frontier is genetic research. That's what's going to be the best for society and to put our health on the forefront. If you live to be 150, that cannot be bad. We can get 
excuse me, our life expectancy has increased. But when you increase those ages, it usually comes with age-related diseases like dementia, cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all this stuff. It comes with age. So we're living longer, but is, and I'm sure, you know, our healthy life before we get all those diseases is increased. But, you know, those extra years, 80, 90, 100, those are some, those can be some really, really shitty years. Can you imagine if you're an old, frail brittle human being at like 92 and you get a nasty influenza virus and you're just hacking coughing can't get warm and you're vomiting every five minutes it'll kill you that's what old age is going to be if we don't understand longevity if we don't understand disease prevention if we don't understand how our immune system works and we don't understand how to employ these things that's what our future is going to be and that's what it is right now because we don't we don't know for certain we don't have the government we don't have tests all coming together to say this is what makes a human truly healthy that's and it's just it's saturated with um money and in games and people with agendas that don't want you to know the truth because they're profiting on your ignorance you have to buy a program you have to have eating plans you have to follow this fitness guru to know this knowledge it's bullshit it shouldn't be that way it should be free so we can have a healthy society when we're all 80 when we're all 90 when we're 150 if we can keep progressing the the genetic research into aging that is the key so anyway back to the five that i've said i've said three um so it's fasting look all these up i've done my research I could get into all these, but this is this is where I've been at so far is fasting, exercise, caloric restriction, and um, the next one is hot and cold exposure. So saunas and cold showers, they both release proteins, and DNA, I believe, is made of proteins. So if you're if you want to alter your DNA and you know really transform yourself hot and cold exposure will do that as well and these as you'll notice these are all stressors that your body that aren't particularly comforting fasting is not comfortable it's work and they compare fasting to exercise as the same kind of effect for your brain it's the same kind of thing not exactly for your body but for your brain and your overall health it's kind of the same thing every one of these fasting working out Caloric restriction, I'm not sure how that is, but these are all genetic things that really lead to long-term health. I looked up pictures of people who are 100 years old and older. They're all skinny. They're not fat. You cannot be fat and live long. There's no way that works. That's only for your body to hold the fat in there to hold you down. It's not meant to be expanded into 400 pounds or 300 pounds or 250 pounds, it's not meant to be expanded that far. It can because it's a survival mechanism. Of course, if it's in the wild and it can eat, 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 your body doesn't know that it's gonna, the food's gonna go away. Of course it can, but it doesn't mean you should. So you have to have, it's the mind taking over and telling your body, no, we have enough food. We're in a first world country and I'm playing fetch with my cat now, cool cat. So yeah, and the other one, the fifth one, I don't know how true this is, but not um, busting, masturbating, 
you know, not doing that deed so often. I think um, if you're just busting nuts every day and it signals to your body that you're having sex all the time, all the time. I mean, if you're married or if you've been in a long-term relationship, you'll see the sex starts to dwindle off. And, you know, like I said with this evolution with porn and everything, I think porn is fueling the no-fat movement. It's not really people thinking they're jacking off too much, which they are, but porn is giving them a rise to say, well, I, I, this is too much, this is wrong, something's wrong with this. As people with their minds, not with their bodies, they're saying, well, this is, something feels weird. So I think I saw in longevity research that the bigger, you know, the, the bigger mice that were having sex all the time and procreating a lot more often than the smaller mice who didn't really procreate that much, the smaller mice lived longer even though the bigger mice were procreating and having sex more and they were bigger, they didn't make it in the long haul. So that's why I think we need to strive for being lean and um, putting on muscle is good to a point, but I think we need to be thinking long term. And, uh, you know, I don't think being big is all that bad and, you know, not striving, I don't know, to push your genetics as far as they can with your muscles naturally, I think is, is okay. But... I think, you know, having sex all the time just signals to your body that it is something, something's weird. You can't be having that much sex all the time. And I don't think you would, without porn, I don't think you would whack off naturally that much either. And even if it was with women, it'd be with a bunch of different women. I think it just depletes you. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it goes back into, you know, thousands of years of spirituality. Taoists say it takes, I don't know if it's Taoist or Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine, or if that's a, if that's the same thing, but they say it takes uh, a month to recover from busting one time. And, you know, that's kind of a common th- thread throughout humani- throughout uh, spiritual traditions. As they're real weird about sex, I don't think that you should stop it because you have the Catholic priest dilemma, which is super weird. Why is it always kids? I don't even want to get into that. I can't even understand. Why is it always kids? I, it's so strange. Why can't it be like with older dudes or like older women it's so strange it's so anyway but you have that weird thing going on so I think you definitely do need to bust but no I don't know what the limit is but I think it, that is tied in to aging as well so to recap if we haven't got these hammered in there it is fasting diet uh, fasting which would be a caloric restriction as well number two exercising number three number four is hot and cold um stressors and not busting so much not masturbating i don't know if that matters for women i think it just matters for guys it might matter for women i don't know i don't think so uh but that's just my opinion and uh yeah this this is the health podcast today i guess but um also with the fasting man you really got to look into it it i definitely see why there is a uh, spiritual aspect to it it is a perception altering thing. And I mean, just look up TED Talks on fasting. Uh, look up the Joe Rogan podcast on the longevity guy, David. Oh, what's his name? That's going to kill me. Ugh, can't think of it. Um, anyway, look up that. I mean, I found it really interesting that fasting um, coupled with weight resistance training, so working out, and mental mentally challenging things 
like reading or even school or just learning a new skill, it really changes your brain chemistry up. And that's what you want to do is you want to change your brain chemistry up. You want to keep throwing your body curveballs to make it, you know, flexible. And yeah, so I believe those five things in any variation of all of those intermittent fasting, maybe yoga, maybe running, um, fasting for uh, two days, fasting for one day, fasting for eight hours or uh, longer than 12 hours, any variations of all these things that I've said. I also really uh, want to push reading on everybody. Uh, read anything you're interested in. doesn't matter what it is. Just if you find something interesting, read it and just keep reading and make reading a lifelong habit a lifelong commitment to gain knowledge because I think the more you gain knowledge through books, there's nothing like a book. You can say the internet. I have this battle all the time with uh, my one uh, buddy who says the internet's king, books are outdated, whatever. It doesn't matter. Nothing is as well thought out and complete as a book. It's You can travel the world. You can do all this stuff, but If you, I mean, the only way that you can really capture what is in a book is if you listen to a college lecture or something, and it's, it's probably not as exciting or intriguing. And there's an experience with reading that is so good for your brain. You want your brain to stay sharp. People who live a long period of time, they usually have a sharp brain from reading or from the college they went to. People who went to college usually live longer than people who don't. You have to keep your brain sharp and that really just reading it. It's crazy. You can, you can put somebody in a library that doesn't know how to read and they won't know how to do it. You have to learn it. It's taxing on the brain. It's another kind of stressor. And what we want is good stress. It's just like cholesterol. I guess you want good cholesterol and you want the bad stress out like bad cholesterol. And I think the good stress takes care of the bad stress. You're only you're going to have some kind of stress in life. And it's either going to be the stress you give yourself or it's going to be the stress that the world gives you. And if you stress yourself out with these ways to um, regenerate your DNA or whatever, the ways that your body's meant to be stressed out, then other stressors won't be that big of a deal. Anyway, this has been a half hour. I've got a couple more uh, listeners. That's awesome. Thank you guys for listening. And Um, those are my keys for health that I've learned so far about the journey on today seven of the fast of one meal a day. And it's crazy. It, I'm seeing results, man. It's really working, but I'm doing it not for, I mean, if I was doing it for caloric restriction or whatever, just for that, I would be out. Trust me. It gets tough right around two o'clock tomorrow it gets it gets tough like a couple hours before my eating window it gets tough and it really especially at lunchtime it really pushes me but I get a coffee in me and I'm good to go I only drink coffee and water all day that's all I drink and maybe some uh, tea some black tea but that's it and yeah it it gets tough and if it wasn't for the longevity reasons I wouldn't be doing it I would just be eating I would be I would be eating less calories throughout the day, but I want the longevity aspect. I want that, that stressor on my body to feel that hunger. I want it to be doing that. So it's regenerating me and hopefully 
I'm seeing every day my body acclimates a little bit more to it. So anyway, it's really late and I got to work early tomorrow. So thank y'all for uh, listening and I hope this was enlightening and welcome again to my mind and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm about to jump in. Um, one more thing, I'm about to jump in back to all my routines. I might add the Anchor Podcast in there now. I got the Instagram going. Um, yeah, I'm a really motivated individual. I've been working, I worked out almost, I think I worked out every day except four days in January because I realized I had to rest. I had to stop working out. My body was just about to collapse on me. I'm really highly motivated to keep on my routine, but this fast really brought me out of it. And I've been staying on the important stuff like uh, working and uh, working out and fasting and cleaning and bills and all that shit. So I've been really focusing on that. But now I'm starting back into the reading and to the um, side hustles and the college and all that. Luckily, college was canceled because of weather last week. So this week I had a week off and I started the fast February 1st. I didn't even know it. I just saw that long. You really got to see that longevity guy. I can't, I can't believe I can't think of his name. It's going to bug me, but really got to look that up on YouTube. It's pretty plain and simple. Longevity, Joe Rogan, look it up. And uh, you'll, you'll learn from there what I saw. He just kept saying over and over. And there are some supplements that he's taken that I might get into later. I'm broke as fuck right now, but uh, I want to get to those eventually as well. So that's that's me for now that's my mind thank you for listening and thank you for coming into my mind and hopefully you and me both can expand our consciousness together as we develop a reading habit and a healthy habit and we're going to live longer we're going to retire and that's going to be the beginning of our next life you feel me this life is the struggle retirement and i, I could get into all kinds of retirement stuff too And it's just a whole wide world happening right now, man. And I plan on doing it right. I've missed, I've messed up so much in my life. I realized, you know, going through this reading stuff, I'm not that smart. There's different types of smart. And I've been smart not very much in my life. So I'm trying to get as smart as possible in these different aspects. There's book smart, street smart, money smart, relationship smart, social smart. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. So anyway, thank you for listening. This has been a long one and, uh, I'll see you on the next one. I'm out.